Welcome to the Online Health Business Academy podcast. My name is Jav. Coach Michael here. And today we're going to break down advanced selling strategies for online coaches. And this is an a important topic because I always say that the best way to grow your coaching business is to know how to sell your coaching business. So we're going to talk about some more advanced topics for people that are doing online coaching that they want to, who want to scale past 5k per month and they want to hit that 10 and 15k because it really comes down to how well you can sell the program uh, when you're getting on Zoom and stuff like that. So we're going to break down some strategies, what you can do, what we've done in the past, what's working now versus what hasn't worked in the past and, and kind of go from there really. So obviously from an internal aspect, we listen to a lot of sales calls. So I think yeah, it's yeah. best to start with what we see as like what doesn't work and then we can kind of address it from there really. So 100%. what would you say? Yeah, listening to lots of sales calls are some of the most common kind of things that you see kind of not working yeah. for coaches, especially selling on Zoom. Yeah. So big thing is, I was giving this exact analogy here, is, um, you know, advanced. You talked about getting to 10 to 15K, right? So for most coaches, you're going to be selling high ticket. Yeah, cool. Now, let's be honest here. High ticket for an online coaching program is um, somewhat of, can be seen as somewhat of a luxury. Okay, let's be honest. So 1,500, 2,000. A lot of people wouldn't even know or have known a couple of years ago that that's possible to spend that much on an online program, mm. right? Where you don't even see the person, maybe PT um, in, a, in a fancy area, but never online in one go. So I always say this, right? You know, when you go to H&M or Primark, they set the tone. Yeah, they set the tone <laughs> because look, 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 it's packed out. There's loads of people there, it's packed, it's noisy. Um, all the clothes are bunched together. Do you know what I mean? They're bunched together. Uh, there's not really people there to kind of help you or anything like that. Cool. So because of that, you understand how much you're going to spend. You've got an idea, you've got limits. If you see something there for £100, 150, you know, I'm not spending this. I didn't come here to spend that. Do you get what I'm trying to say to you? Whereas if you go to a luxury um, a sort of shopping store or clothing store or anything luxury, right? What's the tone like? They set the tone similarly. When you go in, there's music playing. There's hardly anybody there. Like it's very quiet. Do you know what I mean? All the clothes are very like, uh, they've been highlighted, they've been lifted up, they're, they're spaced out, the, the light is set uh, different. And there's always someone at the door to greet you straight away. You know, oh, how are you doing? Did Do you need any help? So because of that, you've got a different expectation. If you see something there for hundred pound, 250, a thousand pounds, it's more normal. When you get to the cashier, if they tell you, or, or you ask someone, how much is this? And they tell you 500 pounds, you don't buckle as much. So I think the one big thing that's underrated is a lot of coaches, you're not putting effort on your presentation and how you set the tone of your call. So a few things I would just say, that, you know, obviously we're not talking about the things yet, but just essentially like not, um, you know, first the quality shit, just, I mean, like invest in a webcam if mm. you can at least, like just a webcam, um, a microphone. Like I was listening to one of our coaches taking a call on his AirPods and it was all a bit muffly. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, like, you know, just... Those it, things matter as well. It, it matters. If, if you're going to uh, sell your program just for 150, 200 pounds only, maybe you can get away with it. But if you want to start taking the money, the, you know, more money, you need to start setting a, a better sort of environment so that when they jump on you know, coaches taking calls on the go or they ain't got no time or they're in the living room, their kids are there, stuff like that. I get it, but 
Yeah, so that's the number one thing that, that comes to mind, man. But it's a- yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Setting a tone is is actually very, very important. Yeah. Even like like um down to like what you wear. And I started thinking about this more. Like down to what you wear as a coach. You're trying to sell something for three grand or two and a half grand. Yeah. yeah. And you're there in a string vest. <laughs> you're looking, man. You're making that so, bro. So it's like you reckon that. Yeah, like it's, you got you got to think about it, man. And and even even the webcam thing that you mentioned, like you know, you can use your phone as a webcam if you got Apple. Yeah. So it's it's called mirror. It's something mirror, and it always happens to me when I'm on Zoom. Yeah, my phone will connect to the screen. And it will automatically go to my phone and I have to turn it off. Okay. So you can actually use your phone as a, as a webcam now. So, and that, that can work. So yeah. I, I do it sometimes because I don't even have a webcam, but my Mac thing is so good that I don't need it. But I'll use my phone sometimes or I've got a camera. So one of the two. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the quality thing, if you've got, if you've got a Mac product and an iPhone, it's almost no excuse because you can actually use your phone. So mistakes that I see is, like you said, the presentation and in addition to that, uh, the level of questioning or the layer of questioning. Um, I think a lot of coaches, yeah, especially if, you, if you're trying to sell high ticket product, they don't get to the emotion. No. So the questions are very surface level. It's like, oh, I just want to ask this just because I know it's on my script and I have to ask it. Yeah. But I'm not really trying to actually find out about it. It's surface level, just brush over, brush over it. But you need to get emotion and just find out the real reason why this person's on the call because if someone gets on a call and they say, oh, I just want to lose weight and you just accept that, like, don't you think it's more than just losing weight for them? Like, it has to be better, because otherwise you ain't getting no real money. Get, right. <laughs> it's like, better. why do you want to lose weight? How's that going to affect your life? How's that going to affect your relationships? You know, how long have you been trying? Okay, how does it feel that you've been trying for this long and you haven't got any results? Like, we got to start digging on people, man. And I think when you look in the mirror, you know, easy questions. I think what I hear a lot of the times is like bad questioning, like very poor questions or not listening. Therefore, not asking the right question after. Like, exactly. And that's really the key. You have to listen. It's more listening than asking questions, to be honest. 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. So developing on questions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, even, and for me, another thing I see, even bringing it back to what I said, a presentation. Um, another form of presentation is just how you present yourself and how you take over the call. So I think I see a lot of coaches that you'll meet, you'll come across a certain personality type on a call, right, via the other person that you're talking to, and they kind of take over. So like you just say, all right, uh, just, you know, here to speak about you and your goals and everything like that. And then they'll automatically say, yeah, so I just want to do, and automatically they've taken over, all right? The problem is you've lost the cell right there because, a, a, a great, a, again, a great solution that you're going to sell for a lot of money, it comes when you essentially remove all the struggle, all the stress, all the pain this person has been having. And you do that by saying, listen, give me that, give me these bugs, give me everything. You're following me now. I'm going to show you the way now. So you need to show that from the beginning. Mm. You need to take control. If you can't even take control of the call, they're going to be like, well, this is just going to be another coach that they're going to tell me to do this. I'm going to do this. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. they're going to tell me to do this. I'm going to listen, but I'm going to find it hard to follow. Whereas you set the call from early. You say, so this is what we're going to do today. I'm going to tell you, you know, I'm going to find out a lot about you. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions because I don't like to leave no stone unturned. 
right? Um, so that way I will know if I can help you. And if I find out I can help you, then I will show you what this program is and we'll see if it's the right fit, okay? okay. Now, my first question. It's a different, you know, to like, just kind of, yeah, so I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions and then and then we're going to go from there. And then, um, all right, so it, yeah. it's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I think that to add to that as well with the direction, a lot of coaches, they fail to get like the real goal. Yeah. Because I think when, when they'll, they'll accept the surface level goal and they won't kind of get the potential client or the lead to expand on it. Yeah. So there's no concrete reason as to why they're even on this call. So what you need to kind of do as a coach is like, you can ask the question, but you need to go a few layers deep than just saying, oh, what's your goal? Like, I like to, I like to kind of get them to like, tell me in detail. It's six months time, yeah? Like, be really specific here. Like, what do you want to see in the mirror? Like, how do you want to feel? And, and it, don't just give me like uh, numbers on a scale. I want to know a bit more specifics about what you actually want out of this. Yeah. And that way, I've kind of set how much detail I want from the get-go. So then I have a real goal. And if I'm not happy with the answer, still, then I'll just pursue a little bit more. Or maybe sometimes, yeah, the lead doesn't know how to articulate their answer. So they might just say, oh, I want to get toned or, you know, I want to look a little bit better in the mirror. But it, maybe they don't know how to say, oh, I'd like to be less than 12% body fat. I want to look lean in the mirror. And, you know, I want to just be a bit fitter and healthier for my kids. They might not be able to verbalize that because they don't know what that sounds like. Yeah. So you have to like ask the right questions to get them to kind of say yes. So it might be like, okay, so when you say you want to get toned, is that like losing 10 pounds of fat, 15 pounds of fat? So you can get them to confirm yeah. what, what you know they meant, but they didn't say it. So that way you can get close to the, what their real goal is. Because if you ain't got the real goal, it's going to be a lot harder to close that call at the end, I think. Unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, that too. If they, that if, too. If, they, if the pain don't come out, then the pain ain't coming in. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. And I think that, so alongside the questioning is like the tonality as well on the sales call. Yeah. So that's another mistake I see a lot of coaches make because they don't switch up the tonality. It's kind of just like the same kind of speed, the same cadence. Yeah the same tone of voice throughout the whole line of questioning, yeah. which feels a little bit robotic. It doesn't allow you to get to like the next layer with somebody. That's where we go into advanced. Yeah. That's why we're not just talking about, you know, uh, you know, just, just starting out or how to structure a sales goal. We're talking about advanced. Yeah. So I think tonality is an advanced te technique when you use it to its full extent. Yeah. Very advanced. And I always tell all the coaches to listen to never split the difference you know, by the FBI hostage, uh, one of the best FBI hostage negotiators. And funny thing is, most coaches or, or uh, you know, business people will recommend that when learners sells, and the guy doesn't actually talk about selling in the book. Do you know what I mean? It's not actually got nothing to do with selling, but it's still negotiation, right? Right. And it's very, I always say listen, because it, it just, it helps with your, you to hear the tonality. So like you said, yeah, when it's just, one way you let you don't get that emotional connection with a person do you know what i mean because they just use this like a robot it's like you're just here to do a job but tonality can just really get you on a different page or something because really and truly and i told these coaches like if you was on a call with your friend right your tones will be switching like yeah. sometimes you're high pitch yeah because you're very high i'm literally like understanding you're relaxed 
So if you want to get that person to let their guard down and talk with you, you need to know how to do that. Mm. And I think that it just comes with being relaxed. You know, a lot yeah. of coaches, they're not relaxed when they jump on these calls. Yeah. And it also, when you do that, you can actually pull more emotion out of somebody and because there's a difference between like me asking a question like, okay, let's say I'm talking to someone and they say, they, I know they're married. And I just say, okay, yeah, you said you're married. So like, is your partner on board with you like getting in shape versus... Oh, so you know how you mentioned like, you know, you're married. Just quick one, just so I'm aware. Like, are they like, are they on board with you? Like trying to, you know, do something about this? There's a different tone there. They're going to match it almost. Right. Just rush through it. They're going to, oh, no, no, no. They're just going to answer it quickly in yeah, the same yeah. tone. Whereas if you invite, so you basically got to invite what you want. If you want someone to go deep with you, to explain, to get, you know, go a different, another layer, then you've got to open it up more, you know, lay up. Yeah, give them the frugal to be able to do that. Yeah, so yeah, very, very, very advanced. But yeah, and then I guess probably the for me another mistake I see with a lot of my coaches is how they pitch the program. Mm. So we've done some trainings on this with our current current clients. Um, I w what what mistakes do you say do you see in people's pitches? Well, the pitch. Um, so I think it, it starts from before, right? Because if you haven't questioned properly, then your pitch is never going to be uh, as successful anyway. Like you're, you're, you're messing yourself up anyway from the jump. So I'd have to go back to structure quickly, you know, structuring the call. So I talked about, you know, mapping it out at the beginning where you're telling them this is what's going to happen. But you, the person has to have a structure for how they want the call to go. And that's what's going to make you sales for you, sales calls for you. Because it's something you're going to have to do at least for a while, right? You know, just to retain some profit and everything like that. It's something that you have to do, you know, it will make your life so much easier. So I always say this, you know, have a notepad. I don't need to lose eye contact. That's a big thing. So that's another mistake. Don't lose eye contact with the person you're selling. So you just kind of like do rough notes. But four headlines, goals, current situation, struggles, urgency why me why now yeah so those are the, the, the four if you line it up properly you've got enough data to now when you're doing the pitch to be able to tailor it to what they've said a lot of coaches they just have some flipping presentation on camera that they're so happy about or whatever it may be right that they just want to go through it and read off the flipping pitch mm. and it's just annoying <laughs> it's it's annoying to watch so structure your call right so you get enough information and, you know, notice how I said like that urgency bit at the end. So they've, you've already got them to kind of sell you on why they need to be on this program. So now when you're jumping into the pitch, you've got so much ammo to bring to and tailor it to. Right. You know? And when you say tailor it, I'm assuming you're talking about linking the features of the program to the benefits exactly. to get them to do. Because ultimately... This is what I see. Sales is basically problem solving. Yeah. Like you come to me with a problem. Can I solve the problem? If I can, these are the solutions to your problems. Yeah. So the biggest problem I see when people pitch the program is they don't even talk about how the feature that they mentioned is going to benefit the problem that the person has. They just say, okay, you get this meal plan. Uh, I'm going to create workouts for you. You get this nutrition plan. You're going to get this. You get a group chat. You get this. You get the weekly check-in. You get this. It's too much. You get this. You get this. You get this. It's so frustrating. You'd think they never had a call with the person. <laughs> right. But oh. the biggest thing, and that's why we said before, it's all about listening. Because then the more you listen, you can actually just say, okay, so someone said 
they struggle with motivation. Well, look, we do a, a weekly check-in, which is like, you know, it's sort of just like an accountability thing. And this, you know, you mentioned how you're not always motivated. This is how it kind of solves that to make sure that you stay motivated throughout the whole time. And a bit more advanced, because talking about advanced strategies, you could even use stories or analogies to kind of reinforce this. And I always use, when it comes to motivation, I would use like the, the children and tooth, uh, brushing your teeth analogy. So if I'm talking to a parent, it's only worth for parents, but I'll ask them a question like, oh, so you got kids, right? And they'll say, yeah. And then I'll be like, so you know, like when kids are young, they don't like brushing their teeth, you know, they hate brushing their teeth. It's a struggle. But when they get a bit older, teenagers and stuff, they'll wake up, they'll brush their teeth without being told. Why do you think that is? Uh, because, you know, they get used to it. Da, da, da. I'll be like, yeah, because it's become a habit. So here's the thing. My training program, we're going to hold you accountable so you don't even need motivation. You're just going to wake up and do it just like brushing your teeth. So now I've told a story that links to their previous issue of motivation and it reinforces why the weekly check-ins are important without me just saying, oh, we do a weekly check-in. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Like it's a, it makes more sense to the person. And that stuff is like really, it's a bit higher level, but... If you're trying to break through 10, 15K and make more sales, that stuff really is important. It makes perfect sense. But there's one thing I want to go back to before the pitch, actually, which I didn't talk about. And I think it's pre-handling injections before they arise. Ooh. That's one thing we kind of missed. So yeah. what are some pre-objection pre -hand, pre handling strategies that you like to employ on a call or that you try to employ? Yeah, so that's very important because if we're talking about advanced your time is your most important mm. asset, right? And it's all great having a booked out calendar, but if it's full of jokers, then, you know, that's the, is, that's a negative from the get-go. But, you know, you're going to go through that stage. You have to, where you're going to have some people who aren't serious on your calendar, but, you, you know, you're doing volume. You're just at that stage. The next best thing you can do, rather than not having any jokers in your calendar, is not spend too much time on a call with a joker. So we've been there where it's like, we'll be on a call. I've been on a call. I, I still remember calls I was on for like over an hour. <laughs> over an hour with someone that was never going to buy it or was really unlikely to buy it. So essentially, like very early on in a call, I like to suss people out. Um, but there's a way to do it. There's a style to do it. And you don't have to force it. You don't have to be super aggressive. It's just, um, you're just having your wherewits about you and looking out for red flags. You know what I'm trying to say to you? So... Essentially, I'll start the call. Um, first of all, I want to look for things about, I, I want to look at the setting, right? Uh, I want to look at the setting. And when I say that, I mean, are they taking, how are they taking a call? Mm. You know, are they in a quiet place? Do they have a kid with them? Uh, are they on a bus? You know, some people are driving and they're taking a call. If somebody's not in a, a right setting where they can focus, then they're less likely to spend a bit of money yeah. because they, 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 there's too much going on. And they're not going to, you know, give me enough tension to be able to say that, you know, I can, I can make a, you know, informed decision. They're going to doubt their ability to do that. So then I want to start looking at maybe we need to reschedule this if someone's done that. Um, so I want to look at the setting, the scenario. Uh, I want to look out for red flags if the person is showing some real, like, let's just say irresponsible behavior. You know, you've got responsible people, got irresponsible people. So someone knew that there was going to be a call. You've told them already that, you know, you need to be seated in a quiet place. And they're just out and about, they're walking and stuff like that. <laughs> like you need to kind of know and see that as a red flag. Um, and then after that, if we get past that stage, you know, early on, I want to kind of just listen out for things and really try and understand, can this person afford it? Uh, is this person a good fit? You know, and, and again, if there's any red flags. So 
just through my questions, you know, yeah. through my questions, I'm trying to find out if this person is worth my time. Yeah. All by yourself. And yeah, I would say everything you said, plus like, obviously the two, the, the, the main objections here are always like, can't afford it, need to think about it or speak to my partner. Yeah, those are like the main three. So if I'm going to try and pre-handle them, I need to ask questions based around finances without directly asking me how much you make. Um, so that might be something like, oh, like, so what is it you do for work again? Uh, I forgot. Okay, how does that affect your health? So it doesn't seem like I'm asking. So now it's like a financial qualifier without me directly asking you how much you make. Because if I know your job, I can kind of guess. Yeah. Um, partner-wise, um, you could you could ask them, oh, do you have a partner? Or do you have kids or whatever? And then you can kind of twist it. If they say they have a partner, you just be like, oh, so like, do they know that you're trying to get a shape? Or are they on board with this? Yeah. Or if you want, you could add a bit of humor. Like I always say this one. Is your partner aware that, you know, you're trying to get in shape or are we on a bit of a secret mission here? And just add a bit of laughter, a bit of humor always breaks the ice. Yeah. And then what was the other one I said? Uh, think about it, think urgency. About it. So you asked about the urgency, you said about the urgency. So the best way to prevent the think about it, which doesn't always work, but for me, I just need to find out, is this a now thing or a later thing? Because if I know it's a now thing, it's going to reduce the chances of... Um, wanting to think about it. Cause if it is a now thing, then you don't really need to think about it really. Like it was just, it's either a now thing or it's not. Yeah. So, and another thing, oh, I just had a brain fart there. Another thing, oh, I've lost it. Oh, uh, is to find out a little bit more about, um, uh, not what they tried in the past. Oh, I've lost it. But yeah, uh, when it comes back to me, I'll bring, it starts to do with urgency. Um, but, oh, that was it. Before pitching, kind of um, doing this thing where I essentially kind of ask them about like, what's the like ramifications of you like not taking action on this? Yeah. yeah, like what if you just kind of continue in six months time, you're in the same exact position, how, how would you feel? And I'm getting them back into that like negative mind state before I then pitch. And the reason I do that before the pitch is because if I get you in a negative mind state right before I pitch, my pitch now creates the positivity as a solution to the problem, which means you need to take action on this sooner rather than later or else in six months time, yeah. you're gonna be in the same exact position. So those are the three objections. Those are how I try to handle each one. And even though I'm just telling you guys this, it does take practice to slowly implement it without it sounding robotic. 100%. And that's the key, really. That's the key, really. Getting a repetition, man. So then we might as well go straight into the last part, which is the actual objections, isn't it? So, so yeah, the three main ones I, I kind of tend to come across. Uh, I need to think about it, speak to my partner. I can't afford it. Any other more common ones that you see? Those are the top three, I would say, but... Yeah, but what what are those um, usually linked to? So they 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 usually linked to they actually can't afford it, or they're unsure about you, the person selling, or what's the other one again? So those are the two. So yeah, right. Yeah, so it's fair or logistics. Fair or logistics. So the logistics is they literally can't afford it, yeah, yeah. or maybe they could afford it, but they got a pay at the end of the month or it's not the right time. Yeah, traveling. They're traveling, so there are some logistical issues. And fear is like you said. They're not sure about you. They're not sure about the program. They don't believe in your results. They don't think this is going to work for them. Yeah. So everything, I, I always say that everything's a smokescreen, isn't it? I need to think about it. I need to check my finances. It's a smokescreen because if I'm getting on a sales call, I know roughly how much money's in my bank. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There are times where they're legitimate. I need to check my finances to see how much is coming out this month. But the likelihood is... Like the like nine times out of ten, someone knows how much is in their account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They at least have an understanding. Right. They can do it or not. Yeah. So what would you? Oops. What would you say are like some of the issues 
or mistakes coaches make when dealing with those objections? Um, so panicking, I think that's the first yeah, yeah, yeah. people that panic. <laughs> and I get it, you know, if you're not listening to this or you're just getting your first reps in, but not being so reactive, like straight away, uh, what do you mean you need to think about it? Like just kind of defensive. That's the quickest and easiest way to just kill yourself yeah, yeah. right there and then. So you need to like take a, a chill pill, take a, a break and get on their side of the table. You know, imagine you are uh, purchasing something, you're going to sign up with a mentor. You're going to have a bit of doubts too and everything like that. So just say, you know, I understand, uh, you know, that you might need to think about it. I might need to do the same if I was in your position. Uh, and then that sets you up as someone who cares. You're not uh, aggressive with them. And then, you know, now they're going to relax a bit. And there's something in that book as well, uh, The Never Split the Difference, the audio book, where he says that, you know, no is just people, just they just want to say it once just to sh let themselves or at least uh, know that they can say no. Do you get what I mean? Because otherwise they might just feel like they're in, you know, they can't make a, a decision. They can't, you know, they feel a bit backed against the wall, most people. So they're just getting an off their chest or saying they need to think about it to see what happens next and just regain a little bit of power and control. Mm. So yeah, that's the number one thing. Just don't panic uh, when people say no, they need to think about it or whatever. And then and think and breathe. And this, this boils down to even throughout the whole call, tempo. Because a lot of people, it's like whether they're fighting for the first time learning martial arts or you're swimming or whatever, it's always what breathing. Everyone just, you, you just want to get over and done with so quickly, right? So it's just about pacing yourself, relax, pause sometimes. You don't have to just yeah. fill every single gap. Like you can actually listen and take a break. That's the natural thing to do. If you're talking to someone, you would pause sometimes. Do you know what I mean? You'd whatever. So essentially, you, you, you know, just don't panic, pause, tempo, keep it calm. And then now we can deal with the objection breaks. Yeah. And, I, and sometimes silence is the most powerful thing on a sales call, boy, because you, yeah, yeah. you got to let it marinate sometimes when you say the price and then someone says, I need to think about it. And you just go straight in for the kill. Like It's better sometimes to just shut up and gather your thoughts, bro. Because yeah, exactly. especially when you're just new to it, that yeah. feeling, you get that little feeling in your stomach. And yeah. it's like, oh man, what do I say? Yeah. Like, what do I say to this? So... That little space you give yourself to breathe and think allows you to actually chef. Yeah, what am I going to say next? Strategic to maneuver them in the right direction. And like for for all of the um, times that I get an objection, I always kind of just I relax and then I always just kind of think of it in a three step process. So straight away, like you said, just relax, diffuse. I like to diffuse. So it's like diffuse, reaffirm, and then inquire. So diffuse is literally just all right, cool. Yeah, you need to think about. It. Oh yeah. yeah. Go speak to your partner. I get that. I'd have to speak to the missus too. She'd probably kill me. You know, like you just want to say things that relax the room, bro. Like let's read the temperature. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Because as soon as you come out the gate with something like, what do you need to think about? Or da -da -da -da, the partner thing, or I mean the their objection is just gone. Yeah. The sales resistance is just gone through the roof. So I always relax. And then I like to reaffirm. It's just like, I want to make sure that my solution is going to help them. Yeah. So once I know that, then I'll inquire about what they need so to think about. It's kind of like um, just making sure that do you actually feel this could help you? Yeah. Do you think this is right for you? So you know that they, they care, but it, it must be something else. Um, but if you ask that and then they say no, then that shows that yeah, something else earlier went wrong. Yeah, Because what people say is that it looks great and whatnot, but I just, how do I know that? Mm -hmm. And then that shows you haven't 
hammered in the results enough. You ain't shown enough proof. You haven't. Yeah. And and that just to quickly go back to the pitches, uh, you know, when I see people's pitch decks and stuff like that, I was reviewing someone's today and they had a picture of their transformation and they kind of uh, helped mums. And I was like, you've got a picture of you when you're just after pregnancy and a picture when you're shredded and you literally brushed over. You didn't talk about <laughs> it. You didn't say nothing about it. And that was supposed to be you to reaffirm because she hasn't got a lot of transformations yet. So that was your opportunity to really reaffirm and hit home that I know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, and even sticking to the pre-handling objections, you can actually position it in a way where before you get to that, like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work, ask after you pitch. So after you pitch, that's when you can ask. Oh, so like what I showed you is you actually think this is going to work for you and get you to X, X, and X. Yeah. If they say yes, then you could even get specific. Oh, what what specifically about the program is going to help you the most? Is it the meal plan? Da, da, da. Cool. So now when it get when it gets to the end, they can't even say that they don't think it's going to work because you already found out that they do think. But then also on the flip side, if they say no, then you can maybe try and break the objection there and then rather than wait into after. after the yeah. So that's important because after you pitch, you need to actually get them to say pretty much say yes without saying yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think the biggest thing is not panicking because not panic. All of this fails if you panic anyway. Even if you know all the skills, all the techniques, yeah. it all fails if you panic. Your voice is all high pitched. Yeah. You're rushing through it. It all fails from there. Hundred. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of that's kind of how I like to do it. Diffuse, reaffirm, and then inquire because then well, then I can find out. And to give you guys some practical or technical solutions, yeah. Obviously, we'll come come to the end of this one. Essentially, what I like to do is I like to just ask. There's some key questions to ask, especially when someone says something like speaking to the partner. All I want to do is I want to find out what what does the partner think? What are they? What would they suggest? I would say I don't. I'll say it in a nice way. I'd be like, okay, cool. So I get that. I'll make a joke, and then I'll just, then I'll find out that they like the program. Then I'll ask a question like. You know, when you, when you go back to your partner, you know, you know her best. Like, what do you think she's actually going to say here? Does she want you to get in shape or is she not really going to be on board with that? Really, I'm only asking that because I know they're going to give me what they really think, but they're going to say it through the lens of the partner. Okay. Um, so questions like that and the tone, that's really what's going to help you. Um, but yeah, man, those are the those are the issues we see and those are some strategies. And this is a bit more advanced, but these are strategies to kind of help you overcome them. Just one last thing on that is um, always get to the logic. Yeah. If you get past all of that stuff, like keep your thinking cap on. Because essentially, I think because people panic so much, because of, like I said, what I said about tempo, where you're not breathing, you're just rushing through the call, people lose their sense of logic. So for example, you know, when we're doing our objection role plays, which we do like on a weekly basis with our coaches, one that I always throw in there is like, oh, I just don't know if I can do this right now because whatever, right? And it's like, you need to remember, you've got that op um, option to schedule the payment or to take a deposit or to break it, you know what I mean? Break it down in a way that's more, you know, when you go into Curry's and you want to buy a, a TV, yeah, you can pay it. And a lot of people just pay for the TV, but they give you like, you know, you don't even have to pay it if you really want to. Like you don't have to pay anything. You could do buy and pay later. You can do a little deposit, whatever. So you know, they understand that as a big business. So you need to, as a big, big, big business, I'm not saying if you don't want to do certain things, it's not right with you, whatever, that's fine. But just use the, go down a logical route because it's not every time that it's just going to be straightforward. Some might, you know, they've shown you all the green flags. You've seen it in the um, uh, form that they submitted with the calendar. And it, it sounds like, like they was going to be up for it. And then they, you get to the end of the call and they're like, oh, I can't do it for every reason. You know, you panic, you give it all up. But, without going down that logical route, just saying, okay, 
you know, like what could we do to make this more like possible for you? You know, so yeah, just going down the, the route of logic and, and thinking about how can we make this work, being mm -hmm. a bit more strategic, being a bit more smart. And then you end up with people thanking you instead of, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that running away. That makes sense, man. And I think that, yeah, once you pick up those skills, you know, trying to get to that 10K and 15K, this is what's going to help you because the next thing for you when you get to those numbers is either hiring a sales team or getting an assistant sales salesperson to help you with sales. And you need to have those skills to be able to pass them skills down to the person that works for you. So that's really the key. So if you watched it, if you watched this far, sorry, there's two things we got that can help you with sales as an online coach. Number one, you could book a call with us and we'll kind of show you how we do it inside our program and you could see the insights every Tuesday night. We do 90 minutes of sales training. Number two, I've actually got a sales script. So it's my six figure sales script. I'll put the link in the description. It's free. You can download it. It's all yours. Um, and those are two ways we can actually help you uh, as an online coach. You got anything else you want to add? No, nah, man, that's it, man. Go make that money. Um, don't bottle these sales. It's a big part of it. You just got to get your reps in, you know, lack of anything. You, you, you know, the more you do it, you will get better at it. Uh, you will save a lot more money if you actually know what you're doing. Yeah, 100%, man. So that's the OHB podcast. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Pay it forward. Peace. Boom.